Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. Retail Corner Podcast. We are talking today with Joe Bynes. He is an author, a Harvard alum, an advisor, all sorts of things. And so, good morning, Joel. How are you, sir? Good morning. That usually doesn't get that high up in my bio. That's uh, that's a good shout out for the alma mater. But it was business school, not not undergrad. And people like to Fair make enough. distinction Fair all enough. the time. It's 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 still it's still in the in the bio. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, we are here talking about uh, specifically your books, the, yeah. the retail economy, which retail is retail economy. <laughs> Talk about the retail economy. I always have it handy, you know. You know, just, just hand it out and everything else. Yeah, and so so before we get there. Can can we kind of talk about your evolution as to as to why you wrote the book and yeah. and, and that kind of thing? Absolutely. So, um, I, you know, I, I grew up in a fairly large family in Massachusetts, the kind of family where you started working as soon as you were old enough to paper roots and all that to shoveling snow and stuff. Um, I found my way into retail as a teenager. I worked a bunch of different retail jobs. I found that I really liked that. Um, and through college, I kind of continued to do a little bit of that. Post-college, I did quite a bit of it. And so basically, I say to people, I've been in and around the retail business since I was a teenager. And over that period of time, uh, both working for operating companies and then the last 20 years until I retired a year ago as the global head of retail for a consultancy called Alex Partners, um, I was a real student of the consumer. And I had observed uh, the way that consumer behavior had changed, the way that consumers themselves had changed, the way the world had changed. Obviously, the internet wasn't around when I was starting out and so forth. Um, and over many, many years, uh, I uh, something began to crystallize for me that um, that I felt like I, I wanted to see if I could memorialize in a book. And so I started the book more as a challenge to myself just to see whether sure. uh, you know it withstood the kind of intellectual curiosity and interest that I thought I had. Um, and one thing led to another and um, then COVID happened. That was a terrible thing for the world. It was a great thing for my literary career. I went from being on 200 airplanes a year to zero. And so I had a little bit of extra time on my hands. I was able right. to complete the book and I, I've just been enormously fortunate. It, it became a bestseller very quickly. Uh, I am, you know, asked to speak on it frequently. Um, uh, you know, the concepts in the book seem to resonate with people in the retail and consumer community. And so I've been very, very fortunate. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully your listeners um, will will uh, feel the same way when they hear what the book is about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, you've got the 30 years of retail experience. A lot has evolved. We just went through Black Friday, which... Black Friday was a very different Black Friday this year than yep. than years past. I mean, you, you think about Black Friday 10 years ago, 20 years ago, people were literally in fistfights. Mm -hmm. And now it's it seems like a two-week endeavor now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so Yeah. I yeah. mean, well, look, I, Black Black Friday has has kind of lost its original meaning uh a little bit at a time for God, the last at least 10 or 15 years. Um 
What's interesting is that that the Black Friday Cyber Monday convergence is the thing that we saw the most this year. So, you know, even a couple of years ago, there was still a bit of a distinction between Black Friday and Cyber Monday in store online. And that's completely gone. Black Friday, you know, Amazon has a prime day in October and and Black Friday has become, I say, Black November and Cyber Monday has become Cyber Day Day. And so it's just all kind of comes together. You know, the retail world will have to get together and invent some other fake uh, (laughs) holiday to generate traffic for people, which we're very good at. We've done it our whole lives. Sure. And so, and so like within the industry and everything else like that, you were talking about how, how Black Friday shifted and Cyber Monday's kind of shifted as well. Yeah. How do we, how do we choose what to focus on? How do we choose what to prioritize? As retailers, how do we choose what's prioritized yeah. or as consumers, as retailers? Well, retailers, I would think. Yeah. Um, well, you know, what's interesting is that w- what's old is new again. So we went through this period of massive disruption and massive dislocation, a lot of hand wringing and navel gazing and a bunch of different strategies trying to be employed. And it turns out that the thing that makes successful retailers successful today is exactly the same thing that made successful retailers successful before the internet, which is ask your customers what they want and deliver it to them. And if you do those two simple things, you will build customer loyalty and you will grow your business over time. Uh, If you, as I say very early on in the book, if you're one of those executives who think you're smarter than your consumers, um, please go into another industry because I'm tired of watching formerly iconic retailers fail because they get executives who think they're smarter than their customers. So I'd rather you go work somewhere else, frankly, so that you don't ruin another iconic retailer. <laughs> that's, that's appreciated by a lot of people, I think. Uh, awesome. So, so you talked about asking your customers and talking to your customers. How are you seeing that? How are you seeing companies reach out successfully? Well, you know, they're there. So let me, if you don't mind, uh, and not to just be a corporate shill for my own book for a second, let me just, let me just give you a very quick overview of the book. The book has three, three parts. The first part lays out the case for what I refer to as the me-tail economy, which involves this me-centric consumer, but it's more nuanced than that. And we could talk about it. Then there is the answer to your question, which is, what do you do about it in today's environment? And then right. the smallest part of the book, but the third part of the book is the part of the book where I sort of give you a little bit of a roadmap of how to think about reorienting your business um, in order to compete in the me-centric um, retail economy. And uh, I say it's the smallest part of the book because I, I am very skeptical of business books in general and particularly business books sure. written by consultants, which I have to admit, I am now a consultant <laughs> with a business book. But um, because the prescriptions that, that generally people put in business books, they, 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 they're just, they're basically just anecdotes. They're not, you know, they're not data. And so, right. um, so, so I've tried very hard not to write a book that says, if you do this, you will be successful. But to answer your question directly, what my research told me is you could distill down the way to create lasting relationships with consumers into what I refer to as the six C's, cost, convenience, category expertise, customization, curation, and community. And I lay those C's out individually, one chapter at a time, to talk about, first of all, what does that mean? And and I do that by talking about what it 
is and then also what it isn't. That's the other thing that I do that a lot of consultants don't do in their book, which is I name right. names. I call out specific companies for failing on various dimensions. So it's sort of an enjoyable read, I think. Um, <laughs> I won't be getting any phone yeah. calls from those retailers that I criticize in the book, but that's okay. I'm comfortable with that. Um, but you take each of those six C's and, and, and you can understand through the chapters of the book how to use them if, in fact, they are something that is part of your overall recipe. So basically the way I say, uh, what I say about the six C's is I say they are ingredients in a recipe. You all have the same basket of six ingredients, cost, convenience, category, expertise, customization, curation, and community. You can use a pinch of one. You can use a cup of one. You can use all of one. I don't tell you what you need to use for your business. I just, I just, basically say that my research and my experience says to me that these are the elements that you can use to build lasting relationships with consumers. And um, it's up to you to sort of figure out which, what, what of those ingredients and in what amount you want to use in your particular consumer recipe. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so with your six C's, with, with, uh, with the retail economy, are we, are we seeing, um, are we seeing consumers wanting that? Are, are we seeing the consumers driving those decisions or is it, uh, are you seeing anybody successful out there driving those decisions? Well, there are, I mean, there are a number of retailers that are successfully employing these six C's. Uh, there are, you know, it sort of depends if you, you know, consumers are notorious for lying about what they want. So, you know, one of the challenges over decades with focus groups is, is basically consumers will lie to you in the focus groups, not literally lie to you, but you know, they'll tell you that if you do this, they will do that. And then you do this and then they don't do that, which is why it's really important to understand at a root level who you want to be to your consumers and then kind of stick to it. Um, so yes, is the answer to the question. There are lots of successful retail and consumer brands out there that have built lasting relationships. But I think the the, the proof of the pudding is that it's not just business people that read my book. People, human beings read my book and consumers read that. I consistently hear back from consumers that I've articulated something that they themselves have felt about what is lacking from their perspective. Right. And so if you come at it from both directions, consumers themselves, but also businesses that have, you know, that I've talked to that have read the book and so on and so forth, it, it tells me that, that I'm kind of on to something. There is, if you'll indulge me for a second, there's one piece we haven't talked about yet, which is, you know, customers, people, human beings, we have always been me-centric individuals. I mean, everyone has always been pretty yeah. self-centric and we, I think probably will always be pretty self-centric, perhaps not in communist societies or something like that. But in general, people are are self-centric. Um, what has changed, and this is the interesting dynamic when you put the two of them together, is what I refer to as the evolution of the quantum consumer. And that is like a quantum particle in physics where uh, I am a philosophy major from a liberal arts college, so I don't know what I'm talking about literally. But my understanding of the concept is that a, a particle can exist in two places simultaneously. That's, the, that's one of the laws of quantum physics. Consumers now have, because of access to technology and access to one another, they have the ability to be completely different consumers at exactly the same moment in time. And that massively cool. increases the complexity of capturing the consumers. Before, you, you had me-centric consumers, but you could target them. You could, you could come up with reliable demographics that behaved in a certain way, uh, and you could target those demographics, and you could drive 
your messaging to uh, to be attractive to certain reliable demographics. And now, basically, these these reliable demographic groups have fractured and fractured and fractured until you you are are down to just almost a, a demographic group of one, just each individual. <laughs> and so that's what creates the massive complexity uh, of reaching them. But the good news is the same things that used to uh, reliably deliver loyal customers still reliably deliver royal d- reliably deliver loyal customers today. I love that idea. I love that. I mean, everybody talks about omni-channel, but you're talking about omni-consumer kind of thing. <laughs> like, there's a there's you could you could have a consumer literally standing in your store on their phone being a different consumer. And, and I mean, and we all know this in our lives. You know, I'm yeah. sure all of us and everybody listening to this podcast, we know the person who owns a hundred thousand dollar automobile that will drive four miles out of their way to get in line in a Costco to buy cheaper gas. And while they're in that line buying cheaper gas, they're on their phone shopping for a luxury vacation to the Maldives. <laughs> right. right. So all of that is happening at the exact same time. How do you how do you how do you distill that person and then put them into a demographic that is reliable and you hmm. can target the, the the complexity just is it gets to a point where it becomes impossible. So we have to go back to relying on attributes, which is what the six C's are. It's not, you know, it's not features. They're core attributes of the way human beings uh, become attracted to something. You know, they I like that. Yeah. So I, anyway, I that's, that's that's the thesis of the book. I really like I really like that how you broke it down with the six C's and nice. and so when when we're all becoming people and we're all becoming uh, becoming consumers, uh, I'm a big fan of like your your experiences are 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 obviously directly influenced every decision you've ever made, you know? And so with you becoming, uh, becoming a consultant, becoming an author and everything else like that, are there any experiences that really made you turn that corner when it comes to being an author? Yeah. I mean, without making this kind of too philosophical, I just, you know, I spent, it will be over 40 years. If you start my clock from when I was a teenager, um, that I have focused on primarily one industry, and that industry is retail. And I, the book, I get, I do get variations of this question. You know, why did you write the book? I did right. not write the book because I want to go on the speaker's circuit. I didn't write the book because I thought it would help me sell more consulting work. I didn't write the book to elevate my brand. I I wasn't motivated to write this book by any of the things that I think people are ordinarily motivated by. I genuinely believed that there was a moment in time where retailers were completely misreading the signals. And we just saw retailer after retailer after retailer fail. We saw historical brands that had every reason to exist and be successful disappear. And and that scares me. I mean, tens of millions of people make their living in the retail economy, not just working in stores, but everything related to it. People that manufacture the products, people that help ship the products, people that write the technology. There's there's hundreds All of the way down, people yeah. around the world. Um, 
probably billions in the consumer economy when you actually sort of and and our existence depends on getting this right because if we don't get it right and consumers abandon us then jobs are at stake livelihoods are at stake brands sure. are at stake and and you know I, I get a lot of eye rolls when when I give this answer but that is why I wrote the book I wrote the book because I really wanted to raise the alarm and I thought I had an interesting angle on what to do about it Time will tell. The book has only been out for two years. But so far, um, the companies that I've worked with and the people that have read the book and 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 the, and, and the, 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 the executives that are sort of taking this, uh, are we making these decisions because we think we know better than our consumers? Uh, taking it to heart, I'm seeing them perform quite well. And it's a very challenging, you mentioned it. I mean, it's an extremely challenging environment. This is a very sure. difficult holiday for retailers in general, just stepping away from the book and back to the industry for a minute. Um, and so, you know, what are the common denominators of the brands that are doing better today? I think a lot of that can be distilled down to what I wrote in the book. But of course, I would think that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It's wonderful, of course. Yes. Um, and no, so it, it's, it sounds like you had a lot to give and a lot of kind of mentorship, but you wanted to, to have a, lar like a larger audience when it comes to that mentorship. That's exactly um, right. Does that, does that come where, somewhere from inside you? Is, have you had good mentors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I always say my two core competencies are luck and timing. And um, <laughs> you know, on the luck side, uh, I just got very, very fortunate very early in my career to interact with people who took paying it forward very seriously, even at a time in my career when I didn't realize what they were doing or how important it was. Um, there was surely some mutuality to it, but but really it was selfless servant leadership. And I, I was trained by, I mean, you know, no one on this podcast will know them. I could list them. That's how small the list is. But I, I was raised in a business context, also in a family context, about the importance of mentorship. And, and it really, really matters. To me, it mattered a lot during my career, and it especially matters to me now, where I'm in, you know, whatever the next phase of my career will be, which looks a lot more like mentoring than you know than ever before. Because you know, right. a lot of times work gets in the way of mentoring. <laughs> right now, I could just mentor. Absolutely. Sure. So, so here's here's your chance. We've got thousands of listeners, and as a mentor, if you had one piece of advice. Someone embarking on their career, what wisdom would you bring to that? Yeah. Um, basically, you know, this is going to sound like a bit of a dinosaur, but wherever you are and whatever opportunity you're given, just work harder than everyone else. You know, I always tell my kids that my philosophy for success in whatever it is you choose to do any endeavor, it doesn't matter whether you aspire to be an astronaut or a professional hockey player or an accountant, it comes down to two words, and that is outwork everyone. That's all you can control is your effort. Outwork everyone and good things will happen. That's fairly straightforward. That's nice. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. And so, so I, Joel, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Coming it's my on pleasure. Our, our I really podcast. appreciate you having me. Hey, uh, pick up the Metail Economy. It's it's wonderful. Please. It goes all the way. It's available from... everywhere books are sold. Absolutely. Hey, uh, 
an understanding of quantum physics not necessary. And so no, I give you know, there's a couple paragraphs in there. I, I, I taught myself a thing or two, but uh, yeah, this is great. Stuff. I appreciate it. And I would encourage anyone that's listening, um, reach out to me personally. I'm, I have a high profile online. I'm easy to find. Um, Absolutely. I have we'll a lot put, of time. We'll put all of your links below. Great. Well, thank awesome. you very much. Thanks for joining us. Okay. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Bye. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.